if they continue the money printing, the, the gold value of these domestic currencies are going to collapse. Well, hello there, my friends. Raf here from the Endgame Investor with this week's Silver Report for Arcadia Economics. I'm away from my home base this week. I'm on vacation in the States for the next five weeks. That's where you'll be seeing these Silver Reports. Silver is now for sure on its next rally. The bottom is in, and nobody knows where the top will be before the next pullback, but I have a feeling it could be close given that open interest is now above 150,000 contracts, which has been a very rare site in the last two years, especially, I think, two-year high is something around 160, 165,000, and we have increased about 37,000 contracts since July, that's over the last three weeks. This is an extreme increase. There's some strange stuff going on in deliveries. We had 770 contracts delivered, and most of them were from Citibank to Bank of America for the house accounts. So big banks are trading back and forth. Silver warrants, who knows why this is happening exactly. The SLV ETF is selling off its silver at silver rallies, which means there isn't much enthusiasm in the paper markets. And this might be a bank-driven rally, which means they could be setting something up to throw us a wrench or throw us a loop or whatever they're supposed to throw us. So be careful over the next few weeks. I wouldn't chase this with paper positions. Physical stacking is different. It won't be affected as much. And in the short term, I think one of two things is going to happen. Either we're going to see a squeeze or we're going to see a sell-off. We got to get those open interest numbers down. I'm going to go into why you cannot trust central bank gold buying numbers because they're reported very differently by different sources and it's impossible to know what exactly is true. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the BRICS currency the problems that will have to be overcome if these countries actually want to trade in gold. I personally don't think it's going to happen, and I see this as something maybe of a setup to try to get retailers to chase the price up and then smash them down again as a ploy. I'm not sure if that's true. The whole thing sounds a little bit suspicious to me. And at this point, the Treasury has raised over half a trillion dollars, pretty much all of it being funded by the backup in money printing that was printed in 2021 that couldn't make it into the banking system. So if the Treasury spends this money into circulation and it stays in circulation, we're about to see an explosion in the money supply, which will bring the prices of gold and silver and stocks and commodities and maybe even bonds up in a spurt as the new money printed in 2021 finally makes it into the system. And this silver report is brought to you by Fortuna Silver Mine, symbol FSM. A subscriber emailed me a few days ago asking uh, if it was too late to buy Fortuna, to buy FSM. Um, and I don't uh, answer these questions individually. It all depends on uh, whether you can handle a drawdown and how long you can handle a drawdown for. But my basic advice, uh, not advice, my basic approach for myself, I don't give advice, of course, because that's illegal, uh, is that if you look at this uh, long rectangle here, um, this is the five-year chart of Fortuna. So if you bought, if you scaled in uh, over, you know, several weeks or months uh, until you achieved your desired allocation, then you'd probably be somewhere between, uh, somewhere around break-even, maybe a little bit down, maybe a little bit up, uh, buying at the somewhere around the, these, uh, this air, this trading area. Of course, if you bought up here, you'd be way down. And that would be a lot of uh, emotionally more difficult to handle over the long term. Now, of course, longer term, it doesn't really matter. Even if you bought at 10, I still I still think FSM is going to exceed that 
especially uh, as the dollar dies its final death throes. Uh, but yeah, I would say, look, if you if you look at Fortuna over here, uh, we're at three seventy four, and he said this subscriber said he was thinking about buying it about about three twelve. Now three seventy four is it too late. Um, no, it's not because uh, you can't really time these small movements. Nobody really can. They can say they can, but they can't. Um, and as long as you buy somewhere in this area over a few weeks rather than buying all in one day and then looking at your goal that your gains or losses saying, oh, I should have bought, you know, earlier, I should have bought later, or I'm such a genius. All of that is nonsense. Um, just pick an allocation that you want if you want this stock um, and buy it over, uh, you know, a longer period of time, several weeks or maybe a month or two. So you can scale in at different prices. That's the point. But buying up here, that would be harder um, to manage emotionally. So there you go. That's part of my trading strategy. The first thing I wanted to talk about for this silver report this week is silver open interest passes 150,000 contracts. This has been pretty rare over the last year, uh, even over the last two years. 150,000 is around a cycle high. The last cycle high here was about 155,000 over here. It's 160,000, so we're pretty close. Um, this number, 146,863, is from... Uh, yesterday, this is the latest numbers from July 19th, 150,022 contracts. Now, this rise in open interest uh, is coming from a 10-year low in open interest, and this is when I was advising uh, subscribers that if they wanted to add positions, this would be the least risky uh, because it means that the that the retailers, or the retail futures buyers at least, were uh, bowing out of the market. But now that open interest has like rocketed, um, we had a low of 113,000, that was 150. So what is that, 23, That's about 37,000 contracts in three weeks. That's pretty extreme. So we're going to have to see some kind of short-term pullback, either that or a short-term short squeeze on the banks. And I don't know which one it is. If it's a short squeeze, we're going to go even higher. If it's a pullback, it's going to be, it's going to jerk down uh, quickly. Not short-term, I'm not, you know, being bull bearish on silver here, but I'm saying that these numbers have to reset. So if you're looking to initiate paper positions, you might want to wait for the open interest numbers to reset down a little bit. Um, I don't think we're going to get as low as 113,000, but uh, we do have to reset on this. Uh, the next thing I want to show is uh, the SLV holdings are moving inversely uh, to the price of silver, uh, pretty almost in a mirror image. Uh, you see here the black line is the SLV holdings. That's the amount of silver in the SLV ETF uh, has been moving down as silver has been moving up during this rally. Uh, I don't know exactly what is causing this, but the general explanation is that uh, if SLV holdings are going down, that means that authorized participant banks are liquidating the holdings so as to keep the SLV price in line with the silver futures price, which means that the demand for SLV as, in, as a silver vehicle is uh, is falling as the price is rising. So uh, this uh, might be some kind of bank-fueled rally, which ha has me a little bit suspicious because the banks buy futures um, and retailers buy uh, SLV. There's some banks involved in SLV, but not that, only the authorized participants that move in and out of it. So I'd be very careful here. I think the banks are up to something. Alternatively, they could be you know, desperately trying to uh, manufacture um, um, a, a sell-off, which they might not be successful, might lead to a minor squeeze. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I'm just saying something is up uh, and be careful with those paper positions uh, at this time specifically. So uh, <clears throat> the next thing I want to go into is the Treasury being funded entirely by Everest Repos now. Uh, so we have here an increase of $522 billion 
from 2021 until 2022. This is reverse repos, the leftover money that was poured um, into the Federal Reserve, actually, because there was no room to house it in the banking system. Uh, and I go over this chart a lot, but I want to update as to what is funding the uh, Treasury's bank account. And judging by the amount of reverse repos that have been liquidated, uh, it's about $522 billion down from the time that the auctions in the Treasury started around Ju June 2nd uh, of this year. So we're down $522 billion. And here we see the Treasury's account at the Fed is up to $561 billion. It was at a low of $23 billion, so that's about $538 billion increase funded almost entirely by reverse repos, $522 billion. Why is that? Because the interest rates on reverse repos are 5.15% from the Fed, and the interest rates on T-bills are something around 5.4-5.5%. So they do get more uh, yield from buying a Treasury bill, these banks. Uh, so they're going to take money out of the IRBs and put them into uh, Treasuries. question is, where does that money go once the Treasury spends it? It stays in the banking system and RRPs do not go back up. That means the money supply is going to rise, but they haven't really spent uh, the money into the economy yet because we see their uh, cash balance is still quite high. Uh, we'll see where this goes, but we could be at a low in the money supply. And if it starts heading up from here, that would mean that the prices of everything are about to head up. That means consumer prices, gold and silver, stocks, but stocks less so because they're already near their all-time highs. So that could get a little bumpy. Um, this could be what's fueling the rally in gold and silver now, the fall in the RRPs and the reverse repos and uh, going into the bank system. Uh, so we'll see. The next chart, um, I want to use these five charts here. We see the Brazil. This is the money supplies of the BRICS countries, the countries that are rumored to be starting a gold-backed currency uh, in August. I have my doubts. Could be true. It would be nice if it was true, um, but I'm not so sure. And I don't think that anyone should be buying gold specifically because they think or they're betting on a BRICS gold currency uh, coming up. It's possible, but I don't think it's a good reason to be stacking gold or silver. The real reason to stack all the silver is because the dollar is going to die. Uh, however it's going to die, it's going to die. Is it going to be statutorily? I, I doubt it. And this might be a trap. It might not. We'll see. But anyway, Brazilian real, 186% inflation. Being there, the supply, the money supply of the Brazilian real is up about 200% in 10 years. Uh, if we move to Russia, it's the same thing. 203% inflation in 10 years. Um, and yes, Russia has more gold and has been buying more gold than Brazil. Uh, but I'll show you in the in the chart at the end of this that uh, once again can't really trust central bank gold buying or how to count it or who or, or whether it's even being done and even if it is being done whether it affects the gold price anyway I have my doubts and I'll show you why I showed a chart last year last week and I'll show another one this week that makes it even more confusing. Uh, so India, the the supply of the Indian rupee is up two hundred percent. That's a tripling of. The India rupee supply in 10 years. This is an all-time chart, but I'm counting the 200% from the last 10 years from 2013, from July 2013. We move to China, it's almost the same thing, 174%, almost a tripling of inflation in the next in the last 10 years. Uh, the the odd man out is South Africa, which is only at, at a doubling of its currency supply in 10 years. But we see in all of these charts, they're all on basically the same parabolic trajectory. That's the nature of all fiat currency systems. They keep going up and up and up. So um, the point is that all these BRICS countries have basically the same inflation rate, basically the same money printing rate. That's what I mean by inflation rate, the money printing rate. And if they use gold to uh, settle trades between them, to try to get away from the U.S. dollar, which would be the point of a BRICS currency, they're going to have to stop the money printing 
in their domestic uh, currencies. Uh, because if they trade in gold, there's going to be an arbitrage opportunity um, to uh, buy gold and supply it uh, to get that gold-backed currency. Uh, and uh, <clears throat> there will be an arbitrage uh, using the domestic currency. And if they continue the money printing, the, the gold value of these domestic currencies are going to collapse. And that's going to create a very high price inflation in domestic currency terms. So they're going to have to stop this money printing, and that means collapsing their banking system. So that's why I doubt it's going to be a gold-backed currency uh, statutorily. They're, people are all going to do that when they have no other choice, and the other currencies die anyway. And so it is going to happen eventually. I don't think it's going to happen by um, by by statute between the BRICS currencies, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Um, the last two charts I want to show you are very confusing, and I don't really understand what's going on here, but it seems like some kind of shenanigans or some kind of different way of counting. Um, this chart uh, I found from the FT from an article in January 2023. You can see the sources here are metals focused, Refinitiv GFMS, and World Gold Council. This is gold, central bank gold buying and gold selling since 1950. I show a chart like this, and I'll get to that to the next slide. But this is, I'll show you why this is so strange. Um, because it says here, central bank gold purchases hit highest since 1967. Uh, so they're counting this is 1967, where there was, uh, it looks like 1,500 tons of gold were bought. In 1967 by central banks but we know what was happening in 1967 1968 that was the end of the london gold pool when the fed was selling huge amounts of gold to try to maintain the gold window so um <clears throat> we see here that, yeah there have been gold purchases by central banks but there have been much more gold sales by central banks since 1950 uh so you know take it in context but i wanted to compare that with this chart this next chart i showed last week um but it means something uh a lot different in comparison with this chart this week. So here we see 1967 was about 1,500 tons of gold sales, right? So uh, what? this is the same source as Metals Focus, GFMS, and World Gold Council. So why is this down? Why is the sales and why is that uh, up here purchases? I don't really know what's going on here. Uh, this seems like a, a strange way of counting. I don't know. But you can really, can't really trust these uh, data sources that and... I don't think that central bank gold buying has much to do with the gold price because they just use gold to uh, balance their currencies uh, as as a tool to mess with the exchange rate. So they're they're not hoarding gold for long term. They use it as a tool. And we saw that with Turkey uh, being buying and selling gold and still their currency collapses. And right, whether you buy a bunch of gold, it, uh, if you don't use it to back your currency and you use it to sell it to support your currency, it's not going to work. So take uh, central bank gold buying statistics with a grain of salt. It, it doesn't seem right here what exactly what is going on. Well, that's it for this week's silver report. Hopefully in the next few weeks, we'll see a mini short squeeze, which might bring the silver price even higher. Or alternatively, we could see a pullback, which will reset open interest lower. Need to get somewhere around at least 130,000, I think, before we can sustain another leg of this rally. But there have been minor short squeezes before. So at this point, I would say cautious and suspicious of the banks and their activity. If you enjoyed this silver report, then sign up for a two-week free trial of the Endgame Investor, where you can also support Chris and Yara and the Arcadia Economics team at the same time. Or you can join my Patreon on patreon.com slash endgameinvestor, where I talk about, you know, spiritual monetary stuff. It's like a field now. I think I have like a, the only accredited degree in it. I accredited myself. I'm allowed to do that. <laughs>